everybody! We are on the midway point in our Simpsons defense, Simpsons review little thing. It is I, Muri, with the more pop culture side of Clam Jammers, and with me today is Little Crabsworth! Hello! Little Crabsworth. <laughs> little Nathan Crabsworth. I would like to talk to you about the lollipop famine. <laughs> <laughs> it was um, in 1998, and it impacted all the penguins across the world. And for just 39 cents a day, you two can sponsor a penguin. <laughs> we need our lollies. <laughs> um, we gotta be honest here. There was an illness between when we recorded the last episode and when we're doing this one and yeah. that means that all of my notes which are in like kind of my short form version i don't remember what they're referencing anymore <laughs> so this is gonna be I don't hilarious half of my references either this is, yeah. this is gonna be great so this is this will be great so um as usual we do a bit of good and a bit of bad so um i'm looking at 10 simpsons episodes uh after season 10 that Nathan has identified as ones that I will love because he wants to test how yes. well he knows me. Nathan, on the other hand, we went through IMDb's lowest rated Simpsons episodes. Um, anything after season 10, um, no clip shows, and um, nothing that little Nathan Crabsworth could instantly defend off the top of his head. And he'll be defending those bottom 10 we identified. And no treehouse of horror. Yeah, and no treehouse of horror for both of us. So, without further ado, we'll start with mine because it's going to be quite short because I don't remember anything. It's just going to be me re reading out notes. It's so, the Lily Tomlin show. Yeah, it's the Lily Tomlin show. It's Last of the Red Hat Mamas, and it's um, Marge joining uh, a more formal friend group of, of ladies who get dressed up and do things. Uh, one of those things is doing a heist on Mr. Burns' mansion, which is awesome. They also do skydiving, have tea, things like that. You know, just 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 regular things you do with your friends. N nothing weird here, right? Nothing weird. I don't know. Having tea is a little weird. I've never had tea with any of my friends. Oh my gosh, you need to go do high tea. No. If only because they give you a tiered plate. And how often do you eat off of a tiered plate? I will give you that tiered plates are very, very nice. Yeah, like you feel fancy as fuck with a tiered yeah. plate. Now, should I go and just talk in the Cloris Feldman voice all the time? Holy crap, that would be amazing. Could you wear a oh hat my too? Well, of course I'd wear a hat there. Okay. All right, so here we go. So let's see if I or Nathan understand what my short form notes about this episode were. I really like it. It had a like out of nowhere opening that has nothing to do with the rest of the episode. We all know how I love that stuff. It has like fantastic- You told me Hugs Buddy has nothing to do with the rest of the episode. It's hilarious. <laughs> um, we've got Lily Tomlin being Lily Tomlin. We've got Marge like, uh, you know, succumbing to peer pressure overdoing peer pressure and then mysteriously thieving from Mr. Burns by keeping a Fabergé egg in her hair. Like it's it's just great stuff. It's great all around. So my first note is rat poison. 
<laughs> Which apparently I thought was hilarious. So <laughs> there we go. Uh, rarely seen wife from the mayor. Yes, it's true. <laughs> um, Ralph and his yay. Yay! Yeah. Yay! Um, I, I, oh yeah, because the egg keeps falling yes. through the bottom of the basket. <laughs> um, Homer getting eggs for Maggie was just such a sign of parental love right there. Okay, so the, I, I'll jump in here. There are two things that have stuck with me, uh, because th it's been a while since I've seen this. Um... First of all, Homer doesn't start stealing eggs until he sees Maggie getting bullied by the other babies. Yes. He, he's, he's actually being very fair here. And then as soon as they start making Maggie cry is when he jumps into action. Yep. And uh, just starts stealing things. So number one, he's provoked, which is always, always good because it frees up uh, jerk ass Homer. Uh, number two, Peekaboo, I steal from you. Oh, that was it's so, so good. Much, uh, it's so, so good. And then Maggie's evil laugh after Homer just starts stealing everything. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. Um, Tyrannosaurus sex. Tyrannosaurus sex. Which is just, I, that was funny. That is a um, great, that's a great nickname in the sack. Uh, way to go, Homer, for even getting that name or coming up with it. It's great. Um, you know, because you got to have fun with, with your yes. partner. You know, you got to have fun. And that's an example of, you know, just got to have fun. Um, I have a note. Oh, Homer, don't chase women. He's trying to get Marge friends and he's just yeah. randomly <laughs> chasing women. You yeah. don't do that. <laughs> You don't randomly chase people. <laughs> He's doing it out of the goodness of his heart. Um, and who does he get for the woman to be a friend that he's so excited about? Crazy cat, cat lady. lady. <laughs> Look, crazy cat lady could use a friend. Come on now. He's so excited about it yeah. too. I'm so happy about the crazy cat lady. Uh, <laughs> I also I laughed at Italian for Italian Americans. Because <laughs> there's a subplot going on with uh, Lisa learning Italian and she gets yeah. Italian for Italian Americans, which is all mob references. Uh, so Marge gets like, you know, the friend group and they, they go on all these excursions. And one thing that I thought was funny was um, there's all this laughing as they leave the bus museum of suffering. And <laughs> <laughs> just like, but it's so true because you can go and do very morbid things with friends and you're going to have fun. It's not it's that true. you're laughing at the subject matter. It's because you're having fun with your friends. Uh, my uncle, Bastardo. My uncle, Bastardo, yeah. Uh, Poor Millhouse. It's all yeah. And then they go to Little Italy and I realized, so Millhouse is that one kid who had to translate for everybody. And we all knew that one kid growing up, I think. Yep. Who, who like was called upon to translate for everyone. Uh, here's a quote, don't remember where it came from. Well, now I really hope my queue opens. I don't remember what either. My cut opens, sorry. Um, Mo, when they're skydiving. Goodbye, cruel world, ladies. ladies? <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, it's 
I'm, la I'm sorry. I found that so funny. It comes out of left field. <laughs> it's so, so it's so in character too. I can't. I couldn't get over it. Um. It's Mo. That is Mo to a T. Uh, they, so their, their fundraiser is stealing from Mr. Burns. I think it's so badass. I am so down for this. Like, this is awesome. I thought it was great. Um, I completely agree. Milhouse deserved to get his ass beat by Lisa. Like, completely deserved it. He's been pining after her for how long? She finally, like, you know, gives him the kiss and then he's gonna, like, be the womanizing Italian because he thinks hey. he's all, like, strutting the street. Now, hey, he, to be fair, to be fair, he has been putting up with Lisa's bullshit for how many you, years now? You don't get to say it's bullshit when you and I both agree he should never end up with Lisa. I agree that he should never end up with Lisa, but it's nice that she gets a bit of her own medicine with him. No, I, I, will, I, I, I will think not he deserves to get your, beat. I'm sorry. I, I hey, also I dislike Milhouse. He has a very slappable face. And it yes, was time it got slapped. Like, yes, he does. I don't, like, here's the thing. I don't argue with you that he should have gotten beat. That part is fine. I also think it was really nice for Lisa to get a bit of her own medicine with Millhouse because she has put this poor kid through hell. It is she's nice. She's always made it clear she it, doesn't like him. It has been nice to see Millhouse get some form of vengeance, even if he was the stupidest, stupidest kid. Nah, I, I gotta disagree because she has made it clear she doesn't like him. He's the one who just keeps on pressing. Also, that's your best friend's little sister, dude. There are boundaries here. Now, to be fair, though, that best friendship is clearly one-sided. If you look anywhere else, Millhouse can get friends like that, and he throws Bart away like that. Anytime Millhouse moves, anytime Millhouse leaves, and he gets friend groups. Bart goes out the window. That is not a friend to Bart. Nelson Muntz is a better friend to Bart. Which is why I say Nelson and Lisa should have the first marriage, and then she has her bender, collects herself, and then she can settle down with Ralph. No, no, give me that one. No, that, that's actually <laughs> a good idea. Just so long as Ralph is endgame, because Ralph is the best one for her. He'll let her do anything and would worship the ground she walks on. And no offense, in any future, Ralph has a good job. Yeah. In almost every future, Ralph, ha Ralph is chief of police or Ralph has cloned himself. Original Ralph would make a shit ton of money just off of the cloning alone. Uh, Lenny and directing traffic. <laughs> Major shout out. Ain't that Lou directing traffic? No, I thought Lenny was directing the traffic and then Wiggum and Lou have an exchange about how oh, good Lenny is. Oh, no, is that's Eddie. Traffic. Eddie directing Eddie, traffic. Eddie, okay, sorry. Eddie. Yeah. Eddie is directing because traffic. Because he's taking all the moves and, like, Wiggum and Lou, I remember that exchange. Yeah. He's the graceful one. Um. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, I believe this is a Burns quote. A beak which calls out death the doodle doo. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Fabulous line. And then finally, the ending. I can't believe this happened to me twice from Mo. 
which explains the oh, like the the um, skydiving thing and why he didn't die. <laughs> and I love it when that stuff cycles right back. Um, that's all I have to say on this. I just I thought it was so funny, like just just so so funny. Uh, so, th so there are a few lines that I love. Uh, one from Lily Tomlin, I'm not a natural redhead. And it's just a huge shock. Yes. Um, there's one from Agnes Skinner. I learned the combination after I let Burns fill me up during the Great Depression. Zero to the right, zero to the left, <laughs> and we're back to zero. He doesn't even have a combo for his sake. I know. <laughs> um, <laughs> the yeah, fact they uh, need Marge because she's the only one who can like fit enough. To yeah. The, well, well, what did you think it was? You're, you're, you're a master of disguise. No, with that look, honey. Thought you liked my hair. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> um. Well, I can't. I can't hurt you. You're a bunch of women. I'm not a woman. Maybe not. But you are buxom and flirty. <laughs> it's such a good exchange. Oh, I'm oh. sorry. I love I I love birds calling anyone, much less Homer buxom and flirty. It, it's it's just. A, I'm sorry. I knew you would enjoy this episode. I knew this one was a lock. Not only because of the Lily Tomlin of our Lily Tomlin bar story. If you haven't seen Crabsworth wins. God, go see that one. Um, we talk about a bunch of female voice actresses in a house, and it's Lily Tomlin's house. She's serving. She's a bartender all night. It's, it's just great. It's so much fun. All right. So now we go into yours. And this is the greatest story ever doed from oh, 2010. Boy. So I'm wondering just overall impression, like overall impression when you finished the episode, what was your reaction? I thought to myself, well, it's not the worst. Um, you know, but I really don't like the, I really don't like margin of play. There was one instance where it was done really, really well. And that was an episode that I will not have because it's not on this list. It's it's way too good for that. Um, but in general, Marge should not be anywhere near drama because for whatever reason, the Simpsons writers cannot find fun in a simple uh, dramatic arts production. Either that or maybe I'm too close to the material to find a lot of this stuff funny. Um, that but it just it doesn't work for me when you've got what is it last exit to Springfield uh, where Marge Marge was Blanche Dubois and you pulled every theater joke you could and almost all of them were bullseyes don't go back to this well Marge is not really good anywhere else as a director stage manager that being said the Homer Maggie subplot is a lot of fun it's really fun and the last five or six minutes of this episode where the play is actually being performed in the rain in Krusty Loof Studios was a lot of fun as well 
Um, it it is not the worst you'll ever see. Um, but the first thing I'm going to see is um, right away, quick. Uh, one of the first uh, theater references you get because it opens with March in the Theater is uh, Ralph Wiggum saying "meow" in a cow suit, and it will never not be funny <laughs> to me. Um, I I've got to be the I I've got to say samezies samezies. Um, and just. Um, the opening is really forgettable to me. Um, and for a lot of it, it felt like a pause and wait for a laugh track feel. Mm. And I noticed that a lot in some of the uh, later Simpsons where you don't have a lot to do. Uh, that being said, though, uh, let's move to the Homer Maggie subplot where Homer and Maggie go to basically daddy and me classes. Uh, there's a attractive teacher and, uh, you know, it's a super packed, super popular class because the teacher is sexy. It's really, it's really simple, but there's a lot of stuff here that works for Homer. And uh, so um, two things I enjoy, one thing I hate because Homer's doing this with Maggie while Marge is at rehearsal. Uh, the first thing he says is, so Maggie, what will we do while mommy's at rehearsal? The dog track is closed. And uh, he stumbles into the mommy or the daddy and me classes. And why is this place so packed? Are there booze? And um, when he finds out the teacher is sexy, he I, just says it outright. I need to back up for a second. Yeah, please. Um, are you talking about the greatest story ever, Dode? I believe so, yes. Because the greatest story ever, Dode, sorry, because I didn't watch yours, I apologize. Um, it's Ned Flanders invites the Simpsons on a trip to the Holy Land. Oh! So oh. which one are you talking about right now? Uh, just a girl who can't say do. Oh, just a girl who can't say do. All right. And yeah. yes, we didn't do that one. Perfect. We're fine. We're fine. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so... Um, next time it's Ned Flanders. Dode, we will t yeah, we will talk yeah, about next time Flanders. Next time it's that. But yeah, this is the uh, greatest story ever, Dode. Uh, everything I said still stands. Yes, um, it does. Sorry. Yeah. So I'm okay with the Homer stuff. Um, just except to the point where he ignores Maggie. I'm perfectly fine with Homer ogling other women, but he would never do it to the point of ignoring a child unless he assessed the situation and thought Maggie was in zero danger. Um... We move back to Marge, who has gotten control of the play area. She's now the director. Uh, Chief, no gunplay. Ah, but I wanna! Um, Chekhov's gun and other alibis by Sideshow Bob the Book while Marge oh, is researching. I like that one. The, um, I like that one a lot. And, uh, okay, so Marge gets Lisa to help her you know, just freshen up the play that she's been doing. Um, and I've got the biggest character assassination I've ever seen is uh, Lisa using Wikipedia without fact-checking. Ah, uh, yep. Um, also, I'm not a big fan of uh, Lisa is so stupid, so very, very stupid, so dumb and stupid and smelly too. Uh, however, I am a big fan of Bart getting onto video chat and shaking his bare ass at Lisa. It was unexpected. <laughs> it comes out of left field. It's unexpected. It's great. Um, 
The bald and the beautiful is very professional for community theater. Even the director can have some fun. Um, and then Marge, when we're about a week out, give me a vodka straight up. Are you sure you're not Hillary? I don't know why, but her exchange with Mo in the bar made me laugh. Uh, but the whole thing doesn't work for me because of Marge and uh, Llewellyn eating up too much time in the A plot. John Lovitz mm. is funny, Julie Kavner is funny, and they've both done funny things. Uh, but there isn't enough to give you anything. Case in point, um, originally Marge cast Sideshow Mel as the lead. Um, he has to leave three days before a show because he got a part Prospero. Uh, it's incredibly unprofessional for an actor to do this. Uh, generally, one would leave due to creative differences or more money. Um, and uh, you could negotiate the start date if you just got Prospero in nine times out of ten. Um, with three days to go, Marge could have ruined Sideshow Mel's entire career, even in uh, community theater, because he's got that previous experience with the Krusty show. Um, now, have they have shown some form of tension between Marge and Mel, or a friendship between uh, Sideshow Mel and the former director? Um it could have been worth it but it wasn't at that point in time um going back to the b plot again we've got some fun stuff we got maggie pushing a kid down a slide in bubble wrap we got her taking out the unibrow kid i love this stuff um the um sexy teacher gets taken away by one of the uh single dads everyone else in the class leaves Homer and Maggie do not. Uh, Homer and Maggie dancing will never not be adorable. Homer getting himself trapped inside of a child jungle gym will never not be adorable. Maggie sitting with a smile on her face as a welder shows up for no good reason will never not be adorable. Um, tell, tell me to break, and for some reason I've got here, tell me to break a leg. Why would I do that? It's violent and cruel. Thank you. I find that absolutely hilarious. <laughs> uh, uh, oh um, my gosh! Did I speaking of of legs, uh, I had a stage manager, um, yeah. and they kind of specialized in stage managing dance because um, they were able to bridge that gap between um, like theater and the dance side okay, of things. Okay, so so they were a choreo, state choreo SM. Um, yeah, so they do, they do a lot of show variety shows and stuff like that. Um, anyway, she was like, you know how I always remembered the difference between legs and wings was, um, you know, a woman's leg and then the wing is in between. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> what? She's like, that's what? What? But it was also hilarious. Um, so the last three days of the play for Marge were a scramble, and this is actually done really, really well. Number one, you find Professor Frank, who has been a stagehand, a grip for two or three months. He knows all the lines. It's made well aware in the episode that he's been a stagehand for that long. And he's got Josh Groban's singing voice for a musical. And I'm just like, you know what? I don't care. That works. Um, you have 
Wiggum coming back as an extra after Marge doesn't cast him in the play she's doing. You've got Flanders coming in and the whole seven minutes that you have here is actually really, really well done from a management perspective and a performance perspective. Very realistic and uh, it's done in the rain and it's kind of cool. It's <clears throat> like, I'm not going to say it's good, but it's 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 very good. Um, what and uh, the ending to this episode, we we get the Ned Flanders metal band in the credits and we get um, Sideshow Mel winning an award for his performance as Prospero. Uh, one pie to the they said one pie to the groin won't do damage. One pie to the sorry, one pie to the groin won't do damage. They said they were wrong. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it's it's come to my attention that modern Simpsons should stay away from Broadway musicals, plays, or Marge in plays. Uh, the former hasn't worked since season fifteen. You'll you'll actually see that one because I I love that one, and the latter hasn't worked since a streetcar named Marge. Um, but Homer and Maggie saved this episode for me. Uh, it actually goes above Yokel Hero and the star of the backstage uh, without, uh, in a way that doesn't instigate the fight. And the last five minutes are really good. Um, so my question to you is, because um, would you say that maybe writers struggle to... Um, figure out how Marge is as a person outside of the family dynamic. Modern? Modern, yes. Okay. Because I was going to say classic? Hell no. We've got stuff like the pretzel wagon for that. Yeah. Um, I think the problem that the writers have with Marge is you're trying to make her the artsy one of the family. don't make Marge the artsy one of the family because everything that you could do with that stuff has already been done and been knocked out of the park. You've got Marge the artist paying, painting Burns as what he is, a frail, naked man. You've got Marge and her love for Ringo Starr. Uh, you've got a streetcar named Marge, which is one of the best episodes of The Simpsons ever. Anything that you have done that involves Marge as like your artsy member of the Simpsons family has been done and it's been done extremely well. What we're seeing here and in um, the Beast of Backstage, I think it was that season 32 premiere, the one that's worse than the one I just watched, um, <laughs> is you're trying to push Marge into the director's role or the stage manager's role. These are roles that are very, very important to theater and need to be handled with the utmost care. They're also roles, particularly the stage manager, that a lot of, um, a lot of non-actors won't see as being terribly important. 
and a lot of actors and theater folk will see as being one of the most important people in a show ever. So you're either going to be lobbing jokes to a group of people who won't get it, or you're going to be um, lobbing jokes to a group of people who will get it and find it very, very unfunny. I think in terms of Marge and Artsy, you've done everything you can. That's where I think the issue is with her. Uh, finding her identity outside of Artsy, I think they can do. Uh, there was one episode, for example, where Marge was a lumberjack and getting her independence and it built on stuff that we had already seen. Uh, that was done really modernly, which I think was actually done fairly well for Marge. Um, but in terms of Marge and the theater, I think she needs to stay away. Um, so my question is, um, what would you have given Marge to like let's pretend we pull out the theater thing from it what yeah. would you have replaced it with in this episode in this episode specifically god yeah. I wouldn't have ran your I wouldn't have ran your A-plot entirely because so much stuff would need to be changed um I would have kept Homer and Maggie fleshed that out a little bit made that your A-plot I would have came up with something entirely different for your B I would not have ran this at all. And I wouldn't have replaced it with anything. Because you take out the theater, you take out the A plot entirely. Ah. For um, this episode and for this episode anyway. Uh so while you were chatting, I was like scrolling through the episode really quickly. Catch yeah. myself up because you know I'm totally prepared that way. Of course. Um, yeah, the, the one, this sounds so nitpicky, and I think it's just a sign of my age and how long I've seen these jokes happen for. I just find the whole, oh, it's the young, attractive insert occupation here that all the insert all husbands who already yeah. have women in their lives here, and everybody's going to go to the class to ogle her rather well, than well, actually bond yep. with their kids. And I'm just like, that aspect i just find boring yeah. <laughs> that's all it is, is i just me. find it boring <laughs> and trust me it was that's why i barely touched it yeah what wasn't boring is all the homer and maggie stuff that happened because of it oh yeah that it's, uh... stuff is all great yeah got, no uh... i i agree with that i just i just found that setup I, I wish this you could have used it, but like do a little bit more finesse in there or something, you know, because it's just it's it, it's boring. And like I said, it could just be an example of how long I've seen the gag used across media, not just The Simpsons. But I'm just like, this is annoying. Can we actually just get more of Homer legitimately bonding with his infant child? Like which with, we get a lot of, and it's it's all bullseyes. Yeah, w without that reason for it, like it, it. Anyway, that's just me over here. Um, trying to think that, if I had another question. That being said, it does too much well to be like the worst of the worst. So in our overall ranking, because now we're at five, 
So yes. in our overall ranking, do you want me to recap the episodes you've watched? So if you want to I've, like... I've got your I've got your list right now. Oh, OK, cool. I thought I thought you would uh, I thought you'd like to go over this. Yeah, I'm like, where um, are you kind of sitting with the... Uh... So the very best out of these five is in a way that doesn't instigate the fight. Just that song? As, yes, which I'm ranking as its own thing. Because that thing... I still listen to it off and on since I recorded that. I love the song so freaking much. It's good, solid it's, advice, too. That's the thing that gets Homer me about it. It's at his best, and it's it's so charming. It's so great. Um, Lisa Goes Gaga is at the top of my list, which I did not expect. <laughs> and I can tell you why Lisa Goes Gaga is at the top of my list. It's not boring. It's just bad. <laughs> and... And here's the thing, Lady Gaga, you can make one change to the episode. If you go in with that mindset and you watch that episode, it's great. You mm -hmm. go in, you see Gaga as a villain. It's great. It, it, it is legitimately great. Like Lisa goes Gaga gets a bad rap. Um, the one under it is Muskville. Oh. I'm going to I'm going to be honest. Um, Smell the musk, feel the burns is probably <laughs> the reason why it's so high up there. Uh, the the, op the opening is pretty good too. Um, Elon Musk is so terrible, but everything else around him is really, really good. Um, and I'm sorry, smell the musk, feel the burns. Yeah. Um, under that, I've got Just a Girl Who Can't Say No, uh, which is this episode. And it's there because Homer Maggie. Yeah. Um, the star of the backstage without a without the song is um, just under that. It is not a good episode. Don't watch it. Uh, but it's... It's very, very flawed. It's very, very boring. Um, and if you take without a delicate approach out of it, there's very, very little to like. Um, this is where I think you started to notice, started to notice Julie Kavner's decline. And oh yeah, that it, broke it, my it, heart. It is a, that it broke is a hard watch. And finally, at the bottom, I've got Yokel Hero. Um, there's only two things I remember about this episode without going into my notes. Um, and I can tell you what makes it safe for being declared the absolute worst episode of The Simpsons. Uh, Apple Blossoms and Tasty Possums and the animation on the possums and, um, <laughs> Al Brooks. Al Brooks legitimately saves us from being like, okay, this contest is over, I can't defend this. Yeah. But when one actor has to improv, that's what it feels like. This does this the Al Brooks dialogue just felt like you give Al Brooks a character, a sleazy agent, and you let him just go. Mm -hmm. And that saves your episode. 
um, from being indefensible. But yeah, that's that's where I am. Um, I don't have to re-rank mine because mine were given in no particular order at all. But so far, yeah. I'm enjoying the ride. Yeah. I'm feeling the burns. <laughs> Do you smell the musk too? Well, my nose is stuffed, so no. I don't smell <laughs> anything right now. Um, on that wonderful note, so that all the shiny, happy people know what we're watching next time. So next time, uh, I'll be talking about Gone, Maggie, Gone. Oh, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. This is the one I'm most concerned about, except for the ending, which I know you will freaking love. Okay. The ending is going to save the entire episode for you. Okay. Um, and then you, because uh, I messed up what I was talking about earlier, but that's okay. Uh, the greatest story ever doped is what yeah. you're going to be trying to defend. Uh, Flanders and religion. Uh, this is going to be a hard watch. In, in the Holy Land. Yeah. Flanders and religion. This is going to be a hard watch. Yeah. If I remember correctly. Um, on that note, if you want to see our other projects, check us out at www.deathpixie.ca. Um, heads up, I do the monthly episode with Shore where we talk about like sex, sexuality, and all that, you know, fun stuff. And then you come over here, and Crabsworth and I are just making weird art and talking pop culture. It's great. Uh, if you go to that website, you will notice you can hire our own little Nathan Crabsworth for your voice acting needs. He will take your money for something as simple as a ringtone. For only 39 cents a day, yep. you too can allow us poor little penguins to have lollipops in our beaks. <laughs> um, and as usual, obligatory shout out to Jerry in Kazakhstan! Jerry! love you uh and that's pretty much all i have to say do you have anything to add um apple blossoms and tasty possums <laughs> i want to hear apple bottom jeans redone with apple blossoms and tasty possums <laughs> anyway on that note goodbye everybody bye bye